on August 5th, 2010. Loud rumblings were heard throughout the San Jose mine in Chile. In fact, it was more than just a loud rumbling. It was, in fact, a 550-foot rock, two times the weight of the Empire State Building, which came crashing down upon that mine, blocking all the entrances, but also the exits of the mine. And caught in that chaos were 33 men trapped in the mine. And what made the situation worse was that these men were 700 meters below the surface. As 5, 10, 15 days passed, their hope began to be tested. And they knew that they needed to be saved. You see, the core of today's gospel message is one of salvation. And just like those 33 men trapped in the mine who needed to be saved, so we need to be saved as well. But sometimes that reality is very difficult to really grasp according to our world today. Because sometimes we don't think we need to be saved. The pleasures of the world have dulled our hearts. You see, there's so much that our world can offer, which is amazing and good and beautiful. You can go to a 5D theater where they have 3D viewing and then the chairs shake and then they could spray like rain and snow at you. You have 20 choices of salad dressing when you go to the store or chips or pop. You can watch Netflix all day, all week, probably for the whole month straight. You can order food with just a couple taps of your finger and it'll come right to your door and you don't even need to talk to anybody. We can have all the pleasures of the world at our fingertips. It is not bad, but what it can do is that it can create this illusion that we have everything we need. And then what begins to happen is that we don't think we need salvation. But we know in our own lives, in the lives of the people around us, we see the breakdown of families. We see people suffering with mental health issues. I had a parishioner who was a paramedic and she would tell me that there's so many calls now. And I'd say, like, what, what are people calling about? And she said, a lot of people are just having panic attacks from stress because they can't handle the stress of the world as they used to before. I talk to, and I hear on online, I go on Reddit with young people, and they say that they're paralyzed at the thought of death. Some high school students have come to me and they live in this existential angst because they don't know what the purpose and meaning of their life is. Because according to their modern world, there's no hope for a full future. And so we live in this very unique world where sometimes we don't think we need to be saved, but on the other end, we experience this brokenness. We know that we cannot overcome on our own. And so it's so important because for us to speak about salvation, it doesn't make sense if we don't believe we need to be saved. Because if we don't believe we need to be saved, then we don't need a Savior. You see, those men trapped in the well knew they needed to be saved. 
They only had food that would last them for two days. So they rationed the food out. They ate once every other day, just a scoop of food, just to barely keep them alive. And although they were 700 meters below the surface, the best technology and equipment at that time could only go down 400 meters. So these men knew that they could not be saved by their own power. And so their hearts were humbly open to salvation, to a savior. So before we can talk about salvation, we need to acknowledge our need. Do you need a savior? Do I need a savior? And ultimately, all of us need a savior because of sin and death. Sin because we cannot wash away the guilt from our heart by ourselves. And the way I know that is because of confession. Many people have lived lives for decades of years. And they come with this overwhelming guilt. But they're freed in the sacrament of confession. And the second reason why we need a Savior is because of death. Because we cannot save ourselves from death. No matter how good our technology is. We can delay death. We can prolong life. But we cannot escape it. There's only one person who could save us from our plight. And that is Jesus Christ. And he offers to us the gift of salvation. And so like those Chilean miners, we need to acknowledge that we need salvation, that we need a Savior. And so Jesus today comes and he gives us the key that opens the door, that narrow path, that narrow door. He gives us the key. And so in the gospel, people are asking him, will a few be saved? And Jesus responds, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many will try to enter and will not be able. And if we think of our modern world, right, they're not even trying to enter through the door because they don't think they need it. But of course, we know that we need it. But what is the key through the narrow door that gets us through? So Jesus gives the, the, the idea, and then he gives us a parable to explain how to get through that narrow door. And the key to understanding the gospel, the parable, is by listening to those who were rejected. And so what happens is the people have come, but the doors are locked, and then the people say, Lord, open to us. And then the Lord responds, I do not know where you come from. But then they respond, no, we know you. We ate and drank with you. We heard you teach us. But then the Lord responds again, I do not know where you come from. And then he says this key line, go away from me, you evil doers. So how do we understand this? You see, those rejected claim to know Jesus. They said they ate with him. They heard his teaching. But the gospel is inviting us to have a deeper knowledge of Jesus. The gospel is saying, and Jesus is saying, it's not enough just to know about Jesus. It's not enough just to be acquaintances of Jesus. To say this kind of in our modern context, it's not enough to be Catholic in name only, to be saved. I know that sounds harsh, 
It's my job to prepare you for that final meeting with our Lord. You see, all of us, we're like those people. We can we eat with Jesus at the Eucharistic table every week. We hear his teachings from the gospel. And these are all good things. But he's saying there's one thing missing, one crucial thing. And that is to know him. And the question is, well, how do we know Jesus? And the Bible gives us a very important key to knowing Jesus. St. John in his letter, he says that this is the way that we can know Jesus. He says this, those who say, I love God, but hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love the God whom they have not seen. This is the key line. Whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. That's the key then. The way we can show our love for God is by loving our neighbors, our brothers and sisters. But if we do not, what happens is our faith becomes empty. It just becomes words. Our faith is meant to bear fruits in love. We can receive all the sacraments, go to church, and say that we love God. But if we do not love our brothers and sisters, we become liars. And so the key then is this, is that if we do not love our brothers and sisters, we do not know God. And that's why Jesus did not recognize those at the door, because they did not have love in their heart. That is how Jesus recognizes us. And so the opposite is also true. If we do love, then we also know God. And so in addition to repentance, to faith, to baptism, the sacraments of the church, all of that, the purpose of all of that is to give us love in action. So that when we see our Savior, we will have confidence that He will recognize us. It was a miracle that those 33 miners were saved. All calculations said that they would fail, that this was beyond any technical possibility. And so what happened was this drill bit on August 22nd hit the 400-meter mark, and then by a miracle, it went on to the 700-meter mark. They were able to put food and supplies And then they were able to widen the hole. And finally, after 69 days, on October 13th, Our Lady of Fatima, the last miner, was pulled out. And the owner of the drill today still says it's a miracle. He says, people have asked me to drill past 400 meters, and it hasn't been done since that day. He said, God drilled the hole. God saved those people. And Mario, one of the survivors from the mine, said this very interesting thing. He said, I was with God and the devil. God and the devil were fighting over me. And God won. And I seized the hand of God. So my brothers and sisters, today, God is extending his hand of salvation and mercy to each 
in every one of us today. So let us seize the hand of God in recognition of our need for our salvation. But also, let us seize the hand of God in the poor, in our neighbor, in our brothers and sisters, allowing our faith to bear fruit in authentic love and knowledge of Him. For when we love God, when we love our neighbor, it is truly then that we love God. As Jesus reminds us, whatever you did for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me.